Welcome to Growth Colony, Australia's B2B growth podcast. I'm Alex Hipwell. Each episode, we bring you B2B founders, CMOs, marketing and sales leaders to find out what makes them successful and what was behind their failures. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Growth Colony. I'm Shane Hoda with X-Growth. And today I'm talking to Lisa Light, VP of Marketing at Convoso, about how should new VPs or directors of marketing approach their role, picking their team and creating a structure around marketing activities when they're starting in their new role, especially if they're inheriting a young marketing team or even starting a team from scratch. On that note, let's dive in. Lisa, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Shane. Great to be with you. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So Lisa, I mean, this is a this is a big topic. I feel like the the startup scene is booming. There is a lot of money in the market. Companies are raising capital left and right. And as part of that, you know, one of the one of the first things, especially seed or or series A, even series B companies when they when they raise money is to further develop their marketing marketing team. And where a lot of marketing leaders end up is just like I said earlier, inheriting a young team, or they have to start a team from scratch, right? So can you maybe paint us a little bit of a picture of when you started as, as a VP of marketing in Convoso, what was the marketing situation at the company like? Good question. So actually, you mentioned startup. We've actually been around for 14 years, but in many ways, our, our organization and level of sophistication of processes and, and that sort of thing is more akin to a startup. Got it. So I think we had had, and this is very common, I think the the average tenure for uh, CMOs or heads of marketing is like 23 months. And that was probably uh, similar to what was happening at Convosa or less. There, there's kind of a revolving door of uh, you know people heading up the department. And when I inherited it, there was you know kind of a, a couple of things going on, but it felt like we really weren't firing on all cylinders in terms of being metrics driven and also strategic and focus on strategic growth at the same time. Right, right. So I guess one of the main things that I definitely want to explore today is what were some of the first initiatives that you took in the in the company to address some of these some of these issues? Okay, good question. Well, it's it's I I kind of had a a dual process because on the one hand I had two trade shows happening in like my second month that I had to get developed and we didn't really have I mean we had an old booth but we really didn't have the infrastructure so that was in a way even though it was crazy that was a great forcing device because that also had me focus on kind of like foundational elements like you know, okay what is the ideal customer profile what is the brand platform let's pulling together some documents that we either had or were, were missing to kind of really crystallize, like what, what is our value proposition? How do we communicate that? Competitor matrix, can I get my arms around? This is a new industry for me. Can I get my arms around who the other key players are? What are the strengths and weaknesses? And so it was kind of like the process of pulling all these foundational elements together I mean, was key and what, I, what I'd recommend to anybody in a, in a similar situation, but it also directly fed into, oh, what are we, what are we going to, to say? What's our messaging? What's our booth look like? What, how are we going to present ourselves at, at the trade show? And the other thing is, I mean, I did that based on a very limited time and pulling in you know, other folks at the company. So I came up with like an initial stab at some of those foundational things. 
but then the, the thing is that they need to be revisited ongoingly as you get more, more traction, more insights from the market. Interesting. How did you maybe sell that to the, to the leadership team? Because I feel like some of the, some of the things that, that marketing leaders maybe have trouble with is when they start an organization and they're like, Hey, we need to do this foundational stuff. And then the leadership team is like, no, no, we need leads. We need, you know, we need to see, see traction right away. How did you balance that? Well, that's a, that's a good question. And the, the, it's the answer is that I, I did balance it and I was, I had to like drive hard on, okay, you know, are, are the numbers coming in at the same time we were doing that it with, with my leadership, I didn't have to sell them on the value of really fine tuning. What is our value prop? Because there was a lot of, you know, differing answers on it and, you know, got a lot of people in the room, the people who had who had touch with the frontline, with the customers, with the prospects. So people from our customer success team, people, you know, our sales agents who, you know, had the experience of interacting with prospects and customers. I really wanted to draw from them what the, the key points were, but I was, our leadership, my, my CEO is very receptive to the development of these things. Got it. Okay. I want to touch on that. You talked about kind of getting that information from the sales team. Uh-huh. One of the things that I see quite often is, marketing stays away from from sales like you you know you, the, the bigger the organization get the more silo the two departments are i'd love that you said that H- how did you approach sales you know that's a good question yeah i would say it happens in big organizations and it happens in small organizations as well in terms of the silo you know marketing creates a bunch of stuff throws it over the the transom to sales they never use it you know, they're, they're out, you know, shooting from the hip and there's like, there's no communication. Marketing isn't learning from the, the sales team in terms of how I, how I approach sales. And as we formed our leadership team and got, got the, you know, all the key people in the, in the head of sales roles and that, and, and other, other folks within the sales organization is my head of sales and I, we pledged to be joined at the hip. And I think it really takes a, a commitment on both sides to say, we, you know, we're on the same team where we've got the same end goal, which is to drive up uh, sales by a significant amount. How can we work together? In my previous companies that I've worked with, I've always molded myself very close to the, the sales team because they're my, they're my ears and eyes. They're out there in the front lines interacting with the marketplace all the time. So I would set up structures where I could pull from them. What are the insights? What are they hearing? What do you think about this? I'm oftentimes I would, you know, I'm developing collateral and they're the, they're the guys or gals that I'm bouncing it off of. So I think that has to be, and it has to be a two-way, a two-way street. As our sales team has grown, we've set up a number of, a number of structures like a bi-weekly sales and marketing meeting where we present to them, Hey, here's, Here's these new tools that we're developing, or here's some things that we're considering. What do you think? And tell us, what are you hearing? What are you hearing about competitors? So, you know, we've got our customers, but I also view sales as, as our internal customers. And, and having that mindset, I think, really helps to, to build a good, good I love that. I love, I love that phraseology of, of them being your internal customer. That's, that's such an interesting way of putting it, where... In some organizations, they you know, they're looked at as an adversary. They're looked at as, oh, we don't want them to take credit for it. You know, we want credit for that. And uh, and I've I've heard that from people that you know they're like, oh, 
the SCR team is getting a lot of credit. We would like to, you know, get more credit in terms of we're bringing opportunities and um, detrimental yeah. approach. That's right. And, you know, pursuing the account-based marketing approach, it's, it really takes a fully integrated from, you know, all the different components within sales and marketing to, to take that, that over the finish line. So you, you got to, yeah, you got to have the right, the right mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Lisa, what's your advice for a director or VP or even a CMO? who is inheriting a small team or, or a young marketing department. And we touched on, on a few things, but what would you say, you know, if you're, if you're going to turn back and, and give yourself an advice or somebody who's, who's starting in that, in that role, what, what advice would you, would you give them? I think it would be, it'd be a couple, a couple things. It'd be uh, data, customers, process, and uh, get the, the right, right people in the right seat. So let me start with the latter one. Uh, Jim Collins, the author of, of Good to Great, who was actually one of my professors at uh, when I was in business school at Stanford, and he, he wasn't even a, a, a known name, the great you know business advisor that he is now. And so he was just you know, he had his books. Yeah, I think he had built to last then, and it was he would share it with us and teach from it in in his you know basically the 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 non bound version at that time. But one of the Great tenets in his, uh, I think it's his second book, which is good to great, is get the right people and get them, you know, first who, then what. Get the right people on board and then make sure they're in the right seat. So I think that was one of the important things in terms of building my team was identifying who were the right team members that I needed, who was who was in the right seats, what other people I needed to uh, bring in and how I needed to set them up. Let's say data. Data is a second one that, and I, I think a lot of times when you're inheriting a small marketing organization or in a startup environment, the data just isn't always there or it can't be trusted or it's not in the format that you need. And in, in our case, there was, you know, there was like a key report and I, I knew the number, I knew what I needed and I kind of created this big Excel spreadsheet and then had somebody feed in the data to really understand of the prospects that marketing is bringing in how do they grow over time do they churn you know what are the what sources did they come i needed to see that at that level so i think that's a that's a key a key recommendation that you really need to get your arms around the data and if you're not getting the data you need to figure out what's the solution to get that whether it's getting outside help outside consultants who okay how do we pull this out of salesforce or whoever your crm is and then I think the other one is around customers. One thing that, because we were a little lean on our case studies, I wanted to immediately create more of those as a sales enablement tool. So I was involved in interviewing a lot of customers and then had a had my marketing communications manager create the case study from that. But I loved being involved on those initial calls to really understand what their journey was like as a customer. And I, I still, whenever there's a case study call, I insert myself, I love being on those calls. What all can you draw from current, from current customers? Is there a customer survey you can do? We just, we just did an, another customer survey and got great insight. I should have done a customer surveys earlier in my, in my tenure. That's one uh, with the 2020 feedback. Um, look at other customer surveys that existed or are there customer recordings? or interviews that, that I can listen to 
and I go back and, you know, I try to listen to uh, a lot of discovery calls that we had on file, just immerse yourself, especially if it's a new industry for you. And the fourth area in terms of my advice is um, always have a mind for process, you know, and this, a lot of times it's, it's quick just to, how quickly can we solve the problem and, you know, drive more leads and that sort of thing. But it's, you need to think about how can we set up a process so we're really developing a flywheel well where it will, it's much more scalable if you have a process in place that's documented, followed by all, and uh, that that should always be your guide. Some, it's, it's always quicker to just kind of do it yourself without setting up the process, but that's a, yeah. that's a key yeah. mindset thing. I mean, scalability is such a big thing with marketing because so many things we start doing at the beginning, they're not scalable and, uh, and they, they could generate really good results, but guess what, when you want to do more of it and then the business says, we want more of it, it falls apart because there's no proper system around it. I love that. Lisa, I, now I had a look at your uh, battle cards, right? The competitor battle calls and there, I absolutely love them. Tell us a little bit about the process, how you create these and, and how, what, what's been the impact of this for, for the organization and for the sales team? Okay. You know, it's interesting because I went, I went through a different process where originally I, I hired an external consultant because my, I was kind of short on resources then. And what I learned, they kind of helped me with the kind of the template and the framework, but they couldn't, they really couldn't understand the industry like, like we could internally. So I gathered, there's a couple different resources. First of all, we gathered all that we could from third-party reviews. You can learn a lot from what other people are saying about your competitors, but also you know, remembering that people tend to you know, focus on the negative. So you always have to take things with a grain of salt. But we compiled those as our summary of strengths and weaknesses on our competitors and, and created that as a sales tool. And then you know, pulled from that kind of the key takeaways in the key areas, strength, weaknesses, what, what are the questions that we can ask them? So we can say, ah, oh, so you're, you know, you're using XYZ company right now. Are you having problems with this? And, you know, how can we help our sales team find those little, those little entry questions that'll kind of get them to be able to, to tell how we can make a difference? I then vetted them with the, the folks in sales who had had the most experience in dealing with these competitors or coming across other prospects who um, had maybe had come from the competitors because you can only gain so much from looking at, at these other websites. And then I think the other thing is just, I mean, it's a, it can't be static. You got to keep updating them. That's part of our, our sales and our, our regular sales and marketing meetings. What can we learn that we can incorporate into those battle cards? And I like them because they're nice and succinct and, you know, one, one slide, but there's there's so much ongoing data. We're now building another system where we can capture ongoing ongoing feedback that we have that we learn here and there. So it, it's got to be a living, breathing document. Yeah, it's a time. I mean, it's a time-consuming piece because your competitors are not going to sit still, right? And uh, but it's also extremely valuable when when your team are, is on the phone and say, "Oh, you use use those guys." Right. Right. Here's, some of the things that we we think about them and why we think you shouldn't use them. Yes. And, you know, in thinking, you know, we, we know exactly who the competitors are in our space, but going back to um, Michael Porter, five forces analysis, there's all these, you know, either substitutes or new entrants. You, 
you need to not just look at your competitors with blinders, but with new technology. And we're getting into getting into new areas. And there's also new ways of solving the problem that our product may solve. So it's kind of making sure that you are looking at, you know, the like I said, the you know, the substitutes or new entrants or other people that could be nicking away at your market share. Got it. Got it. Okay. Now, Lisa, I have a few rapid questions that I want to ask you, but before I kind of get there, is there anything else on the topic of, uh, in terms of advice or anything that you think I didn't ask with regards to taking on a new team, new marketing team or young marketing team, or starting one from scratch that you think we should share with with the listeners? I would say is to find that balance between getting stuff done generating demand, generating leads, and strategy. And always, uh, you know, and, and it's tough because it's like, uh, you know, Stephen Covey, where the urgent overcomes the important longer term. And that's that's a, a discipline that I think is important for a leadership team as well as for marketing leaders. But to always have, to schedule time on your calendar. So I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about marketing strategy and also growth strategy and where we're, you know, where we're going to go beyond, beyond our current markets. Interesting. That's okay. I want to, I want to ask about that right now. If, if somebody looks at your schedule, right. What, what does it say in terms of strategy? Like what, what, or maybe it's not in your calendar. Maybe it's just says, you know, this is a strategy block. What would you be thinking about these days in terms of, in terms of strategy? So that's a very good question. We actually just completed a strategic planning process where we look 10 to 20 years out in the future. And this, this is also something that, that Jim Collins, we kind of use his approach to de- developing what is your vision and what is your mission and what's going to drive you there. And it's also, yeah, and this, this really takes commitment from the leadership team. And I'm, I'm pleased to say that, you know, my CEO is, is definitely focused on, you know, we need to, we need to hit our quarterly goals, but we also need to understand where we're going in the future. And it also is great because I get to use my, my background because for, for uh, several years I was with McKinsey, you know, doing strategy as well as marketing consulting. So to be able to bring that discipline in here as well. So if you looked at my calendar, you would see that for the past couple of Wednesdays, I had a huge block of time that I always winced at it, taking away from the getting stuff done. But it's it's the importance of that long-term importance over the, the day-to-day, week-to-week urgencies. Got it. I need, I need a little bit of that, a little bit of those Wednesdays for sure. <laughs> That's um, right. Okay. Okay. I have four rapid questions for you, okay, that I want to go through. So the first thing... And we touched on this. I don't know if it's if it's if we've already touched on it or there's or something else. But the first question that I have is what is one resource that could be a book or a blog or a podcast or a video, whatever it is, that fundamentally changed the way you work or live? In addition to Jim Collins, I follow uh, Peter Cohen, who's a SaaS marketing strategy expert. You know, I, I like I like his things. One of one of the things that he says is that there is no there's no magic bullet. There's all a lot of people who's like, oh, it's this, it's that. His, his words, measure, measure, measure. And that also, my, my other background, which I, I don't know share is I'm, I'm a former CPA and uh, spent, spent uh, five years with, uh, with Ernst & Young. So I bring that, I think I've got a creative side, but I also bring that, uh, you know, the measuring the effectiveness of marketing down to the dollars and cents that you have to, you have to bring to the table, especially in today's, in today's world. 
Got it. Okay. Next question is if you could give one advice to B2B marketers and salespeople uh, or salespeople, but in, in this case, probably more B2B marketers, what would it be? I would say get close to customers and get close to sales. Customers, you know, the, whether it's ongoing customer interviews, whether it's setting up a user group, whether it's kind of having your own little uh, panel where you can bounce ideas off of. I've got informal relationships with folks that I can just pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm thinking about two different approaches or I'm thinking about, you know, what do you think about this, uh, whether it's a conference or whatever. I think having those relationships and a lot of times in marketing, you don't, it's, you know, sales owns the relationships or customer success owns the, you know, owns the relationship, but making sure that that you can set up structures where you can hear directly from the, the customers. And then similar, similar to, you know, related to that, I know you said one thing, but I'm going to, I'm going to say to us, but go on, give it to us. Yeah. Getting close to the other parts of the organization who have that, the higher volume of that interaction with the customer base. So customer success as well as sales. It's funny. I used to, you know, we're with the uh, pandemic. uh, Most of the office is working from home now. I used to love to walk down to our customer success area and just listen just listen to the conversations that they were having and understanding, you know, what was the interaction or what were they, they talking about? A lot of times I, uh, you know, afterwards I'd be like, Hey, what, you know, Hey Jen, what were you, what were you saying? What was the issue? And I, I, there's all this great learning that can be had that way. I love that. I, that's a, that's a great advice uh, to anyone really. I, I love how you're hands-on with, with so many things that you do. I mean, there, there's so many, marketing leaders that that we come across that kind of delegate tasks to to some of the other people and they're you know they're hands off I, I, I love your you know you you being in trend you being part of the strategy but also being in trenches with the team love that okay La- uh, third question is you, you kind of answered this what are the what are the influencers that you follow in the marketing and sales yeah, so space I Peter Cohen I also there's a, a couple other blogs that I follow there's one SaaS brief I like in terms of marketing, but I also kind of like going, going one level up to understand like, you know, what are the, whether it's private equity or the other people that invest in, in SaaS companies, what are they looking for? And, you know, it comes down to you know, relationships between what's your, what's your CAC and your LTV and, you know, things, things like that. And making sure that I'm always focused on, you know, the, the higher level stuff in addition to, to the, um, the detailed, the detailed things. It's, it's a it's a challenging it's a challenging thing to do though because you know you're focusing on that but then I'm I also I love copy I love looking at oh why did this email get this open rate and this one okay wait we need to you know so sometimes I I get involved in the in the the details of, of that as well so I kind of straddle both worlds it's it's really hard and I feel like once you start thinking about thinking for example high level it's really hard to start thinking about some of the smaller details. And once you get into the details, it's really hard to think about some of the higher, higher level things. And I have that challenge with, with our agency. I get in, involved in delivery, but then I got to think about, you know, the, the bigger components of it. And, uh, or you got to think about sales. So when you, when you kind of shift between these different departments, uh, sometimes it takes, I've found that it takes a little bit of time for you to adjust your mindset in order to, kind of for it to click 
and then you're you know you're kind of on that trajectory do you find that or or you're you're pretty easy in terms of switching yeah it, it does take a, a little bit of a shift but um i don't know maybe that's a I'm, I've got a little bit of ADHD and me, so I can uh, you know jump jump between one one or the other. So, all right, last question, Lisa. Last question. What what is something that excites you about B two B today? I have to say, just the measurability and all the tools that are coming out to be able to you know optimize different different elements of that. It just seems like they're you know I'm always I'm always amazed at the ingenuity of of these, you know, other small tech companies and how they're really helping with the the Martech space. So, um, but it's tough, you know. I I mean, I get inundated with all this stuff into my inbox, and I like looking at it because I say, okay, what breaks through to me, and what can I learn from that? I I have a folder of good email examples, but I think that that's also part of the challenge. Is there's somebody's always building a better mousetrap, and right now, I just you know, I don't, I don't have, I don't have time to focus on. Oh, is there something else out there? I've, I've got, you know, certainly uh, uh, many of my team members to to focus on that. But there, there is so many, there is so many great tools out there that uh, my team is great at ferreting out and coming to me and saying, "Hey, we need this. Can I get the budget?" And I, I will always find a way if we think it's going to help us better measure our our success or increase our success. I love it. I love it, Lisa. This has been great. I absolutely enjoyed our conversation. And, and thank you very much for your time for jumping on the podcast. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good, Lisa. Have a great day and uh, we'll chat to you okay, soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Alex again from X Growth. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd love it if you take a moment to rate us on Apple Podcasts. It would really help get the word out to other B2B professionals. If you're hungry for more B2B content, make sure to join our Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack, where we share the latest B2B news tactics, tips, and chat about problems we're facing in the B2B space and find solutions together. That's growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next episode.